Welcome back to Cluster Fudge. I'm here once again with Alex. How you doing, Alex? Hello, hello, Alan. Nice to see you again. Good, good. So we uh, just recently saw some new trailers to hit the internet. What, uh, what, what do we got, Alex? Um. Well, yeah. We we'll jump right into the trailers. We saw we had. Uh, what was the first one we watched? We watched Picard. Picard season, season two, two. Right. So thoughts. Well, we've got uh, Seven of Nine is back. We've got uh, a return from the past with Q. Older looking. Older looking Q, which, I mean, how can you get around it if you want John Delancey back? Right, sure. He's, he's got to get older. Yeah. Um, his first quote was like, you look older than I would have expected, which I guess would assume that he changed his appearance to look older like Picard. Or it makes zero sense because why would you criticize someone for looking older when you clearly look older? Yeah. I mean, how are they going to do it? They, You know, obviously the mm. actor is aged. So, I right. Mean, I thought they did a pretty good job with Brent Spiner trying to make him look as much like Data as they could in season one. In the one. first season, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it'd be foolhardy to have Q look like that because he could look like whatever he wants to. He's exactly. like, oh, I could just, I want to make myself look older so you feel more comfortable, Jean-Luc. And then that's mm-hmm. it. That's right. Throw a line of dialogue and we're done yeah, and we're moving exactly. on and we're fine. The trailer didn't show too much. Um, you know, I do know Q is in it. I know I've read some articles about it and spoilers because I didn't really want to be surprised because... I kind of want to learn as much as I can because season one was, I thought, a big letdown. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know that Riker is in it. I know that Brent Spiner has some sort of minor role in it. Mm. I know Q is in season two and season three. Okay, so they've already so they've already put season three in the can, or yeah, what's the deal there? There, I I don't know. I don't know what John Delancey's schedule is. I don't know if they already wrote a couple things for season three and they just wanted to shoot his stuff and get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent sure, but I know okay. that that's on the radar. And then, uh, you know, obviously Seven of Nine is back, and then you know, I mean, she wakes up in a bed. And mm. she looks in the mirror, and she obviously doesn't have the Borg implant. There's no Borg implant over her eyebrow anymore. So the theory is, is there has to involve some sort of, like, time. Time has been altered. We're doing, like, a oh. whole time travel theme kind of thing. So okay. something has happened. Um, Which we had a Q-related time disruption in um, All Good Things. All Good Things, right. So that'd be interesting if that tied in with that somehow. So it might be, and I can't remember the whole story. Like, I think there was some sort of, uh, what, what is, does Romulus get destroyed? Romulus got destroyed in, in like 2385 or something like that. Okay, but that was the J.J. Abrams' first movie, right? Yeah, but it was also this, oh, wait a minute. Because that's why they were, they were had the hate on for Spock, and then Spock, uh. Yeah, that was with the red. Didn't matter. something happen with with Romulus in the Picard thing that he was? Oh to say? yes. Right. Okay, so there's the Remans, right? The Romulans and the Remans, right? And so the Remans that all or looked the like Remans Nosferatu. Took over. Yeah, something. There is something. That we were focusing on the Remans for whatever reason, right? So, so there was some sort of drama that happened. That I guess that Picard felt responsible for, or which caused him to leave or retire from Starfleet in season one. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I I believe that the inkling is is that whatever this pivotal event is, maybe events have changed leading up to that, or possibly some sort of event before, or maybe they're exploring the Kelvin universe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know, it may be that somehow they've shifted, or it could be a mirror universe. And it seems like Jerry Ryan mm-hmm. realizes that she's not a Borg, but maybe she lived a whole life as Annika Hansen without any Borg intervention, and oh. there's some sort of thing going on there mm. i'm not sure okay didn't show much i mean look i'm gonna watch it mm-hmm. 
I don't have high expectations. Well, because you saw season one. Yeah. Um. Of so season one. I mean, I had I had some good things to say about season one and some bad things to say about season one. I liked that season one had some of the elements that that I liked about Discovery, which were high production values, uh, maybe a well paced storyline. Um, but like the things I didn't like about Picard season one were kind of the things that went against what I knew from Picard as a yeah, character. Exactly. The whole next generation uh, timeline, just about everything was like, wait a second, but that doesn't add up to all this stuff that I know about Star Trek, the next generation. Right. So yeah, hopefully it's, I'm not going to feel that way going into season two, or maybe that'll temper my expectations. I'll be like, okay, these people don't know crud about their continuity. So I'm just going to put that on the, the back burner and just try to focus on what they've established via season one and going forward. I don't know. I, I would hope that they maybe retroactively save his life. Q does like he did in tapestry uh, and get rid of this alternate nonsense timeline where he dies and his consciousness is an Android and whatever. Mm. Yeah. If you can undo, undo that garbage seven writing. of nine being a Borg, maybe you can undo this guy being yeah. an Android. That would make sense too. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, so here's the thing that gets me, and this is what the Picard Season 1 trailer did. Mm-hmm. They're both playing towards your nostalgia. Right. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, I remember Picard. I remember Next Generation. Oh, look, there's Data. There's uh, Riker. There's Troy. Oh, boy, this is going to be a class reunion. And then <laughs> it's completely, you know, downplays anything from the past. Yeah. Excuse me, there's a thunderstorm going on during this recording. Um, but it's it's like... You know, as if the the producers are saying, well, shame on you for embracing the past. We're moving forward. It's like, that's not what these trailers are. Right. Season two trailer, once again, playing up your nostalgia. Here's Q. Mm -hmm. Here's Seven of Nine. Mm -hmm. Here's Picard. These are all drawing in people that know who these characters are. And so if you're not going to appeal to those people, don't make your trailers so nostalgia driven. Right. Snake Eyes. G.I. Joe Origins. So, and all three of these are very nostalgia-driven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Snake Eyes, you had, uh, I guess you, you're do, going with an Asian Snake Eyes. The original Snake Eyes in the comic books was a, a blonde American dude. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know Oh, that. yeah, you didn't know that? No. Um, I guess most people wouldn't if they just know present-day Snake Eyes. But any of the comic book flashbacks, you had him as basically looking like Duke if you saw him at all. Okay. Um. And then that goes back to, like, Scarlet has a type. In the comic book, Scarlet and Snake Eyes were a thing, whereas mm-hmm. the cartoon Duke and Snake Eyes, or Duke and... Uh, Scarlet. Scarlet, excuse right. me. Very different relationship. Right. Scarlet and, and uh, Duke were a thing in the cartoon. If you didn't know that, then it's really not uh, a change of, of history at all. But uh, it looks like this is a prequel. This is... Uh, we're going into the Ashikaji uh, clan which both Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow were a part of. And they're brothers? They share a tattoo. They come from the same uh, dojo, the clan. And so they're brothers of that clan, but they weren't brothers biologically. But then, now that they're both Asian, or Japanese, so to speak, maybe they are related. I always thought they were. I mean, you know, whenever you heard Storm Shadow talk, obviously Snake Eyes didn't speak, but Storm Shadow spoke... In this somehow Asian type in the in the cartoon, oh, yeah, yeah, you no. Know, Storm Shadow has always been Japanese. Oh, okay, okay. Snake Eyes, not. I gotcha. 
Um, but they both trained under the same master at the same dojo, the same clan. I see, so they were brothers of the uh, Ashikaji, mm-hmm. yeah, Ashikaji clan. Miyagi-Do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were brothers in that respect, but they weren't directly brothers. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this looks like it's going to be a history of that clan, that interaction, what drew Snake Eyes into that clan in the first place how he came into his own and then you've got Baroness and you've got Scarlet which I think is also a good idea because and again if you're a lover of the comic book Scarlet was very much a martial artist had this special bond with Snake Eyes oh I didn't know which one was Scarlet I obviously knew the Baroness but I didn't know which one the Scarlet was in the trailer it was I mean you clearly had a redhead woman fighting against the Baroness so I'm assuming that that's oh Scarlet. okay I gotcha unless they're trying to set up some other character. Uh, the, you know, Snake Eyes has a thing for redheads, so that's why <laughs> right. he falls in love with her later on. Did you see any of the other movies? I saw the one well, with The Rock of... as Roadblock. That's there, the only one I them, saw. Right? There was the G.I. Joe. The and first the one. So this is the, or something. the second one is the one that I saw. Okay. And I heard things about the first one that just kind of turned me off. Uh, the second one, I enjoyed the second one. Right. Uh, a friend of mine didn't like the fact that they made Roadblock leader of the the team, uh, which I was fine with. It was like a piecemeal together version of G.I. Joe anyway. But you had Flint, who's typically in charge if Duke or Hawk aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was answering to uh, Roadblock. So you had Roadblock, Flint, and Lady J, played by Adrian Palicki. Nice. Who seems to pop up everywhere. Yes. If there's an action movie, she's they need a strong on the woman. Eyes and I'm fine with it. Beautiful woman. I actually saw a movie, Storks. I'm like, yeah, let's go see Storks. Okay. Movie was fantastic. Really? Couldn't couldn't recommend more. Is a CG animated? Yeah. Adult okay. humor in it. Oh. All the way through for kids. I was laughing. What age groups would you recommend it to? Um... Like, do you think my nine-year-old would like it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I would say a little bit older of a crowd. I don't know if my four-year-old completely got it, but she liked all the goofiness in it. Mm-hmm. But I would say six to ten, definitely a target market. Oh, cool. Um, and and I, I was sitting there. I was, cry- I was laughing out loud during the movie, mm-hmm. and maybe I just found it funnier than everyone else that I had to, like, quiet my laughs because I just I was just totally vibing the movie. I thought wow. it was a fantastic story. Nice. It, it was basically about storks were bringing the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they realized that it wasn't profitable, so they stopped bringing the babies. So then what they thought would be profitable is they created their own store, kind of like Amazon, but they called it cornerstore.com. Mm-hmm. So the storks are responsible for delivering all the boxes and shipping and packages to places now, and they don't do the babies anymore. Oh, so they're the ones delivering your Amazon Your packages. Amazon stuff, but it's called uh. cornerstore.com. Yeah, huh. so that's how they're, they're staying busy and okay. they're not doing the babies anymore. People the, are done with babies? But the, but the no, 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 just the, the storks are done delivering the babies. Okay. The babies still come, but they just don't, they're not delivered well, by People storks. didn't want to pay for babies? What was the thing? I, I don't know. They just... Okay, they, it wasn't they, profitable. It, it, was, it was way more profitable for the storks to go this route. Okay. You know, okay. there, there's a there's a head stork, mm-hmm. kind of like Mr. Water News from Monsters Incorporated right, kind of thing. That, right. Whatever. Okay. And then, anyway, so the area of the factory that still makes the babies is still there, but it's, like, you know, turned off. They accidentally reactivate it. 
and then one of the storks has to deliver a baby, and it's very funny. Oh. Chaos ensues. It's it's a stork and this human girl, and they go on an adventure to deliver this baby, mm-hmm. and I won't spoil it to this family. And the family is funny. Every 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 little part of the fun they encounter these wolves, mm-hmm. and I think it's like Keegan Michael Kay and 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 Peel, and nice. there's two wolves, and and they're funny, and everything mm-hmm. everything. The movie is great. Oh, I highly, sounds good. Highly recommend. All right. But the best part about it was actually going to a theater. Mm-hmm. You know. Everybody's enjoying yourselves. Mm-hmm. You're not separated in masks mm-hmm. and this and that and just so no masks seat. in the theater. No masks in the theater. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, you had to select your seats. You know, mm-hmm. which is normal for the sure. movies. But right. I mean, the movie was pretty crowded. Nice. Um, I mean, you weren't on top of everybody, but it was a good, good showing. Of, so, did uh, you feel like 2019 again? Yeah, nice. absolutely. All right, uh, it was great. I, I, I loved it. You know, popcorn Excellent. sitting there watching a movie. Um. You know, I, I, I'm very excited about actually going back to the movies. A lot of time, I won't waste the time to go to a movie. I'll wait because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. But certain things, you know, like Ghostbusters Afterlife, I want to see in the theater. When Top Gun Maverick, I definitely want to see in the theater. Right. You know, um, James Bond, when it finally comes out. I mean, all these movies mm-hmm. have been waiting over a year, year and a half to see. I want to mm-hmm. see those in the theater. Yeah. And so it was a great experience, and I'm, I'm glad the theaters are back. So He-Man, this is the Masters of the Universe. What was the retro? What is it? Masters of the Universe Revelation. Revelation. There's no He-Man in the title, and that's right. done for a reason. Okay. So I'm going to drop a spoiler that I heard, and I don't know if it's true, but they think it's true. All right. Is that He-Man mm-hmm. doesn't survive very long in the show. What? Yes. I guess they want to... Focus on other characters. The other masters of the universe. The other masters of the universe. Okay. I read something that they actually wanted to make Tila the main interesting character. Okay. And do a lot more focusing on other characters where they felt the original cartoon was just He-Man yeah. centralized. And they're going to expand a lot more on the other characters and especially a lot on the other villains. Right. Because in the original show, you didn't really get a lot of backstory about all these villains. They were just there. Mm -hmm. They did have episodes where they did history about Man at Arms, about Tila, about Mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, I I actually bought the box set of the show for... Filmation. Filmation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I watched, I don't know, a good... 30 or 40 episodes of it with my son and he was big big into it mm-hmm. um and then we just stopped for whatever reason but we're gonna get back into it i know a couple um, years ago my daughter was watching the he-man episodes on youtube mm-hmm. and uh, also a lot of the she-ra episodes as well she was into it for a good stretch right um she's not so much now but i mean she goes through phases i mean she might yeah uh, yeah rekindle that interest at one point as well um but like right now she's not in her he-man phase but it did appeal to her like she enjoyed it at the time and it was great too uh you know at the end of every episode they had the little message Mm -hmm. you know the morals of the morals saw that episode you know in this episode and you know i it's just that's like a lost art it's good to see that you know it's good to see them trying to educate and teach something Mm -hmm. so um but I highly recommend watching this trailer. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So the animation, the um, great. Yeah, so the animation very much reminiscent of the early two thousands He Man, the one that was on Cartoon Network, which was an excellent show. In excellent itself, too. show in of itself. Um, but if you like that show, I think you're going to adore <laughs> this as well. And they incorporated something that you know you'd shared with me a trailer, like a fan made trailer. 
that mm-hmm. someone had made like several months ago where they did Bonnie Tyler's uh, I Need a Hero mm-hmm. to a, a, a montage of 80s cartoons, 80s uh, oh, that's right. heroes mm-hmm. and stuff. And so this is uh, Kevin Smith directs this show, the mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe. And like, I know he's always on the Internet, always looking at stuff. I'm sure he saw that same thing that you saw the fan yeah, made. Yeah, and he threw that in there. And he's sure, like, oh, absolutely. I'm going to use Bonnie Tyler, too. Well, well. So he did it. It's, it works beautifully with this trailer. I love it. Um, but what you were saying was that it goes into the origins of a lot of these characters, particularly the villains. In that 2000X uh, show, they went into the origin of Skeletor, and they went into the origin yeah, of some of the other characters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he was like a brother of King... What's his name from Eternia? Yeah, but it was like his name was like Keldor becomes Skeletor, right? uh, Because of an accident and jealousy, and exactly. So it sounds like this will do something similar to that. But like Randor, King Randor. Yes, that's right. King Randor was uh, Prince Adam's father. Yeah, and you see Skeletor making some of the bad guys through this 2000X show, like too bad. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't like working together. Well, too bad. And then he merges them and he makes them together. Um, But that's, I I love that. I think it's great that they're going to give opportunities for other characters. It sounds like it's going to be serialized. So it's going to be unlike the original show, which was very episodic and didn't have an ongoing story arc. 2000X and this version are going to have an ongoing story arc where you're going to develop characters, mm-hmm. learning about people. And if you're going to not have He-Man in the whole series, it sounds like maybe the quest is how do we get He-Man? How do we, you know, rescue He-Man or create He-Man or whatever it is? And But along the way, you're going to learn more about maybe King Randor, Tila, Man-at-Arms, Skeletor, mm-hmm. everyone so it's 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 a lot of potential there. A lot of potential. So I'm I'm looking know forward to it. Why that 2000 show dropped out? I think it ran like a season or two. I think it ran a couple seasons. Um, it was good. I tried to get back into it watching the old uh, reruns. I think. Where did you find it? It's it was on YouTube. Is it okay? Um, because I think I still have them on videotape somewhere. Oh wow! Yeah. It's uh, it was at the time it was on YouTube, so you might still be able to find them on YouTube. I think. It wasn't as compelling for whatever reason. Like, maybe the episodes didn't quite make me interested in seeing the next one because I already knew how stuff winds up. Mm. Like, um, you know, it was like there is an ongoing arc of you're developing your characters, but you're not really getting to a destination. And maybe with this Netflix show, they'll have a destination. Yeah, they'll have an idea where they're going. The world's going to change from beginning to end. Right. Whereas the world really was very stagnant in both those other series I'm talking about. So maybe that didn't keep me going with it. But I, again, I, I don't have anything really bad to say about the one that came out 20 years, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. That's amazing. Versus nostalgic for shows like that. And then I don't know if you remember, I think it only ran a season, but it was a fantastic show. Speaking before about GI Joe was that GI Joe renegades. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that show? Yes. That mm-hmm. was an excellent show, too. That was like an A-team version of uh, yeah, G.I. Per- Joe. Yeah, pretty much, where yeah. Flint was kind of like the bad guy, but uh-huh. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. And yeah. they introduced, like, the Dreadnoughts and, like, all these other characters. Mm-hmm. It was, that was a good show, too. Yeah. So. I think that might be on Hasbro or Tubi. I could be on Tubi. Yeah. Tubi seems to have all the Hasbro stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and had, Tubi does have Mask, too. Yes, awesome. that's another good find. I just watched, yeah. like, the third episode of Mask and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. I mean, again, it's a cool it's concept, dated. Max. It's 
It, what's that? It's dated. It is dated. Like yeah. the music and definitely the voice acting and right. the, the, the plots aren't to the caliber of Marvel productions. But, man, those vehicles were cool. Yeah, they're cool. And so the masks were too. Speaking of which, so we went to this uh, convention in town, um, what, about two, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, Toylando. Toylando, right? yes. Orlando Toy Convention, Toylando. Um, found some good finds. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan found uh, some cool mask toys. Yeah, the jackhammer. I found someone with a an unappreciated jackhammer. It was complete. It was from the first wave, so it was original mask. It, uh, it even had a very easily lost... Um, rifle that mounts on the top of the jackhammer and uh 20 bucks right i was like that's, that's wow that's okay <laughs> so that was a good find um but yeah it's uh you know you keep looking around you might find people that just don't appreciate the the collectibles as much as you might yeah no i mean i remember they had that bin this guy had like a big big you know, the biggest bin you could buy from like walmart and it was full of like loose and broken toys and it was all transformers in there mostly and there was some uh robotech stuff and and other stuff and i guess there was this one collector and he was looking for this one specific toy and it was complete except for missing an arm and the guy was like the arm is in that bin and so the guy's sitting on the floor taking every piece out to find it because he told me that he could sell this thing complete for like 200 bucks mm-hmm. so it was worth worth his time to look for it mm-hmm but, you know, I was able to find a Megatron, even though it was a little bit broken. But if you put it together, it actually holds together fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was that and an intact Trailbreaker for 15 bucks. He gave it to me for, for the two of them. Nice. And, I mean, I know... The tr- so the Trailbreaker was complete? I mean, it had some accessories missing. Tri- well, Trailbreaker was the same model as Hoist. Right. So his fists were separate. Yeah. And all his weaponry was separate. Okay. So none of that was there. Got it. But everything else was there. His legs and everything else was all cool. intact. He wasn't broken, broken. He wasn't. He was the only one I found that was actually not broken out of that entire thing. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, let me go. Because, I mean, an original G1 Trailbreaker has got to be worth at least 40, 50 bucks if somebody was going to pay for I'm it. I'm sure, yeah. Even incomplete. And mm-hmm. then the Megatron 2 would probably be the same amount. You know, he had a bunch of different broken pieces and I, I mean some of these toys i don't know like tracks was like completely ripped in two i, I don't mm. even know how that happened like i uh it, it almost hurt pains me in the chest right you know? well i have a feeling like he's one of these guys who just would like scour garage sales and the internet for like people just giving that sort of stuff away this is broken i don't know they probably give either, either selling them for nothing or literally giving them away Right, but I mean, you know, to, to go ahead and make the effort to go to these garage sales and get, let's say he got it for free, then to box it up and bring it to this place and then get $7 for it, it's I not have, even worth the effort. Well, I have a feeling some of those he may have butchered to make complete, because he sold complete toys on the table. Uh, I have a feeling he reassembled to make complete toys that makes sense. for the rest of his stuff, and then yeah. that was just his leftovers. Yeah. Um, so in the 1970s, you probably know some of this, in the 1970s, mm-hmm. um, I guess these parents groups wanted to regulate children's programming and they were very, mm-hmm. very in people's faces about it and said that we don't want, uh, toys that are selling to children and cartoons that are pushing toys onto children mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so there was a big, big push on it. Yeah. So therefore they were able to successfully lobby and make that happen. And what mm-hmm. happened because of that is that the most popular toy mm-hmm. to come out of the 1970s was the star Wars line. The reason uh-huh. being is because that was from a movie and right. they had no control over it. Cause it wasn't on television. It wasn't on television. Correct. So Kenner, you know, rolled off with all these star Wars toys and that was a big hit all through mm-hmm. the seventies. Mm-hmm. 
So then Reagan becomes president in right. 80, 81. Mm-hmm. And he's like, screw that. Yeah. So, so you've heard this before. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I had never heard this before. So I guess okay. he, he assigned this guy named Mark Fowler to be head of the FCC. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, he wanted the uh, children's programming deregulated, mm-hmm. fearing that parents should have the decision to make that for themselves right. and not these other people controlling it. Right. And therefore, people were like, oh, wow. And that way, like, 82 was He-Man and, 80, mm-hmm. you know, 83 or 83, whatever. And then, you know, 84 G.I. Transformers Joe, and G.I. Transformers, Joe, yep. And then everything else. And, you know, and I just think back to that moment where, you know, Reagan and this guy Fowler made this decision. Mm-hmm. And to think of the influence that it's had right. to this day, sure. 40 years later, mm-hmm. that it's now passed on to another generation. I mean, we wouldn't have Michael Bay films. Although, right, right. You know, we wouldn't have rides at Universal. Like, I mean, look at look at how Transformers mm-hmm. exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie coming out. We just talked about the He-Man show, all this other nostalgia. And who knows... If, you know, this nostalgia has been going on for several years, who knows if that never happened, maybe mm-hmm. this other nostalgia like Cobra Kai and all this other stuff that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, the Saved by the Bell has a reboot, Punky Bruce, everything is rebooting. Sure, and re- yeah. That may never have happened because it all started kind of like with the toys, with this whole movement of like, you know, stuff we grew up with we want to pass on to our children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, obviously we've shared before how much of an influence Transformers was to me and Optimus Prime as a leader and, you know, being a firefighter paramedic that I am and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and meeting Peter Cullen and all that. And I just, you know, think of how how differently even my life would have been shaped had none of those cartoons existed in our youth or the toys. Yeah. You know, so um, there was um, there was so, you know, capitalism, it starts with money. Right. So it's like these toy lines. They're like, how do we, you know, push our product forward? One avenue was comic books, which wasn't as regulated. And the other avenue was television, which became an avenue as a result of the 1980s. And I read um, the autobiography of Dan Gilson, voice of Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, uh, etc., and he was like, the 80s were a golden age for us voice mm-hmm. actors. It just was like anything Booming. because there was money behind it. Of course, you're going to make a new cartoon because a toy company is backing it. So there was tons of money behind his industry. And so it's like he, he you know, he had so much work. He couldn't he couldn't do it all. Like right, it was just sure. tons of work for all these actors. And yeah, if if a theater or a a production company or whatever doesn't have the capital, then we don't get these stories that we get exposed to. So without this capital, this new capital injected, we don't get to experience characters that got brought to life by Peter Cullen, Frank Welker, Dan Gilveson, and all these people Mm -hmm. that we grew to love as performers. Um, So yeah, one one side of you can be cynical and be like, ah, they're just trying to make money with selling more toys. But we don't get this art form if there's not money getting it into our living rooms. So it was it's it's very interesting how all this stuff works. You know, you could have you could be a brilliant writer, but if you don't have someone producing it and bringing it to the masses, then it's never going to see the light of day. Sure. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm so happy that they in my opinion, made the right decision. And, and, and I, I never even thought of it as a 30-minute advertisement. I mean, especially we were just talking about with He-Man about the public service announcements at the end. And the, mm-hmm. uh, G.I. Joe, they had the things at the end, too. Of mm-hmm. like, you know, never see a ball player, candy bar, very big game. You know, right. That one. And uh, it's just, you know, Transformers never did that. It would have been 
I don't know. I don't know. They, if it they eventually it. did, actually. They, did they, they? Yeah, there was a Bumblebee one, I think, that repurposed um, the Dusty one with reflectors on the bicycles. Oh, really? And then they even said the tagline of knowing is half the battle. Oh, I think God. it was. And Sea Spray, I think, did the Deep Six one where he said, don't You're go swimming with the lightning. Yeah. Oh. No, there were there are at least two that I know of where oh, they wow. hopped on that. I think, again, there's this back and forth between your your free market capitalism and the concerned parents. Yeah. So the concerned parents were like, hey, this is violent. You better put in a public service message at the end of your show. Because the original mass device, G.I. Joe, didn't have that at the end of every episode. Right. So it was when they did the episodic. It, the when they did the, the regular yeah. series going, yeah. they that was that was the trade-off. Hey, you've got these guys running around shooting people with guns. You're you're influencing, you know, gun use and violent tendencies, etc. So it like, was okay. lasers. Well, of course. <laughs> but, of course, the designs were yeah. based on real guns. Right. But... Uh, the pushback was, okay, fine, here's our trade-off. We'll do a public service mention at the end of every episode. Right. So that's where you got knowing is half the battle. Right. And, yeah, it's I'm sure on some level He-Man was the same thing. It's like, okay, we're going to do this thing that's all about people fighting. Okay, we won't actually cut anyone with the power sword. We won't actually put connect a fist to a face. But we will, um, you know, we'll still have bad guys getting boulders dropped on them and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the show, we'll say, Hey kids, you know what? We learned an important lesson about today. And then here's your moral. Don't get crushed by a boulder. Don't get crushed by boulders. (laughs) If you see a sign that says falling rocks ahead, look up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's, there has always been this tug of war back and forth of, you know, responsible parenting and don't, you know, turn our kids into profit items Mm -hmm. versus, you know, we got to make a profit. We're a company. So how are we going to survive or how are we going to grow? Uh, but that's that's capitalism for you. Mm-hmm. We we live in that that society. Yeah, I've every night I'm uh, you know put my son to bed. I'm watching some Transformers with him and mm-hmm. episodes, and we're going through season two. It's been a long time since I watched season two, and uh, there's some there's some bad episodes. Um, <laughs> they just they just really are. But you know, then then we we watched a couple of really good ones. I, I wish they really would have stuck to the script. Mm. You know, I was completely fine where Megatron has some sort of plot device that he wants to do to take over the world or stop the Autobots or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the girl who loved Power Glide. Mm-hmm. Or the girl that loves Sea Spray. He, he, that one was awful. <laughs> we just watched that one. It was called Sea Change. Oh, sea my change. God. He turns into a human mermaid, but right. he's still... Blah, 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 right. Blah. Ugh. Yeah. And they're on, they're on, like, another planet. I'm like, stop mm-hmm. with the other planets. Earth Cybertron. You know why? It. Because in this, the next wave was coming out with the movie. Everything was space-age themed. You had Springer, Cup, Rodimus Prime, Hot Rod. Right. They were all sci-fi-esque vehicles. Cyclonus, Scourge. But season three, they turned into the whole... Season three was all sci-fi. No, all, I know, I mean, but it never took but, place by, on Earth. but but when they were producing season two, they there was the a movie. There right. was an edict, and the movie was being produced at the time. Right. So they knew what the future was. Right. So they did. They there was a mandate said, okay, you oh, got to shoot. Really? Yeah, you had to shoehorn space stuff in. into your shows. So that's why Cosmos is suddenly an important figure. That's why Astro Train suddenly an important figure. Right. That's why Omega, Omega Supreme is suddenly yeah. an important figure. It's like okay, we got these three space-faring, space-faring vehicles. You gotta, you gotta work them into the show because next season it's all space. 
Right. So yeah, they totally they mess me all up. So, yeah, yeah, I would watch this episode with Cosmos, and he'd be flying like Perceptor and Grapple around, and then I'd go home and I try to put Perceptor inside my Cosmos <laughs> toy, and I broke him. That was a stupid show. Yeah, <laughs> didn't understand. It was not realistic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. No, and what kills me though too is like think about these voice actors who just recorded their scenes of, you know, Optimus Prime dying and they read the script for the movie and they're doing an entire second season of the show knowing what's going to happen to their mm-hmm. characters and they're like, well, things just worked out just right, didn't they, Prime? Yes, they did. Dun, dun. I wonder. I wonder, though. They w- did. Halfway through season two, they had already finished production for the Transformers movie. So they Completely? knew. Completely? Like yes. the voice stuff? Too, yeah. You think? Okay. Oh, no, they, they, that is catalog. That is okay. on record. They know. They I mean, know. I know it took a long time to animate it, and you can tell the animation was stepped right. up and so forth, and you know, the but music. Like, but, but, so figure this. They only recorded the episodes within a few weeks of the show's airing. Like, they had to bang these out. Yeah. But the movies, they had in the can by, like, 1985. Okay. Okay. So in 1985, they know the outcome of all these old school characters and they're still doing new episodes of the old school characters. Right. On in, as they're airing on TV and it's like, "Oh." Cuz that's what made it hard for us as viewers knowing that everything always worked out fine for the heroes and then seeing them die. Well, they're making new episodes as things work out well for the heroes knowing the fate of all these characters. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot was sort of reset. I mean, so you know, I mean, you did lose characters, but I'm, I know a lot of things were universal. Uh, I know why. It's, even though Jazz survived, Scatman Crothers passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Lotta comes back mm-hmm. as a ghost. Mm-hmm. So they did have him. I don't know who did the voice of Wheeljack, but I'm... Wheeljack was Chris Lotta. No, yeah, Chris Lotta was Wheeljack. Okay, so, and then I'm 99% sure that uh, Michael Bell, who did um, Prowl, mm-hmm. uh, did other voices. Swoop. And uh, Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, other ones that survived the movie. I yeah. mean, they're really, you know, other than Peter Cullen, I don't know anybody that was like kind of like sort of pseudo out of work because yeah. both his characters both died. Both his characters got killed, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, no, I think Chris Lotta was as well because in season three of the show, had they not made a Starscream's ghost character, there was nothing for Chris Lotta. So right. when he read the script for Transformers the movie, he I'm pretty done. sure he was like, "Oh, I guess they're done with me. Here's Wheeljack." I think on the he floor. did a uh, one of the Insecticons too, maybe, maybe or no. I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe not. Chris Lotta did Wheeljack. He did Starscream. I believe he did Sparkplug. He was uh, Spike's wow. dad. So See, they, 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 they were all they done. All sound com- well. Wheeljack and Sparkplug a little bit similar, but mm-hmm. I mean Starscream sounds way different than Wheeljack. Star right? Yeah. I mean. Like I mean, they're both Iron, Ironhide sounds a little bit different than Prime too, but there yeah. are times where if Prime is yelling a little way, he sounds like Ironhide. Like he, the 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 voice, some certain episodes, like he kind of like. Oh. So Sparkplug and Wheeljack are similar. And look, and Starscream, they're all raspy voiced characters. Yeah. Like in like look, um, Cobra Commander and Gung Ho, they're Chris Lotta. Gung Ho, really? Gung Ho. I mean, think about his voice. Oh it's, man! It's, oh, know. bumper face. You know, it's like it's it's a it's that yeah. smoker's yeah. raspy voice, like that that was in Gung Ho and in Wheeljack. That you can kind of huh. detect, yeah. Put it on the calendar. We got July twenty third is 
Snake Eyes in the Theater and the premiere of the Masters of the Universe Revolution on Netflix. July 29th is the premiere of Transformers Kingdom, mm-hmm. the final of the trilogy of the 18-part series on Netflix. Sounds great. So when we come back, we will have a lot to discuss. All right. And uh, check out our group on Facebook. It is a podcast called Luster Fudge. And if you can't find it there, also look at our website, which is orlandopodcast.net, and you'll find Cluster Fudge episodes there. But thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next time. Bye.